Today on Lockdown Red Wings, we break down the acquisitions of Daniel Sprong and Christian Fisher. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ news radio podcast. Well, Scotty's host over at Lockdown Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And on today's episode, guys, we're going to briefly talk about uh, Nate, Nate Danielson signing his three-year ELC with the Detroit Red Wings, ninth overall pick. Going to go over Daniel Sprong, his fit with the organization, as well as Christian Fisher. Um, Scotty, let's wrap right back around to Nate Danielson. Uh, today, the ninth overall pick from the 2023 NHL draft signed his three-year ELC with the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, there's not a lot to break down on this front other than the fact that they got it done pretty quickly after the Alex to bring it trade. Um, I mean, as far as impact goes, yeah, he signed a three-year ELC, but really it's kind of like a five-year ELC. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, as far as timing goes, like trade or not, I mean, most, not most, a, a handful of first round picks all signed on Wednesday, like a, yeah. a, a lot. Like uh, I know Carlson signed his ELC on Wednesday as well. Like, the, I mean, there was a, a pretty healthy amount of the guys uh, put pen to paper on Wednesday. So yeah, not, not really anything crazy. Glad that they got it done as quickly as they did though. And, uh, yeah, man, looking forward to, uh, to, I mean, we'll try to keep tabs on really the rest of the draft picks is really the more, uh, the, the more, I don't know, not time sensitive, but, but the thing that we're going to be paying attention to a little bit more than, uh, than him. Cause that one was kind of a layup. Well, yeah. And the thing, the reason why I said it was like basically a five year ELC was because, uh, he's as an 18 year old, his options are either play in the CHL or play in the NHL. And I highly doubt he's going to make the jump right to the NHL this off season, right. uh, during training camp or preseason or whatever. Uh, he'll probably go and end up going back to being the captain of the Brandon wheat Kings again, which in that case yeah. means his, the start of his contract can slide. And I believe due to his age, uh, Prashanth tweeted this, but he wasn't completely sure. So don't take my word for it either. Um, it can slide at least one year. It might be able to slide two years given his age. So his contract his three year ELC might not even kick in until the start of the 25, 26, right. Depending on how quickly he makes his way to the NHL, uh, you know, as a full-time player. So yeah, five year ELC, baby. Yeah. Five year ELC. So he's a slide candidate and he'll be a slide candidate next year. I mean, For I'm sure. not ruling out like after his CHL season ends, he might, might get a look at the NHL. Um, but who knows? I'm not really, I, I don't really quite hundred percent understand the relationship, the agreement between the CHL and the NHL. I don't know at what point he will become eligible to play in the AHL. I don't know if it's next season or the season after, I think, is it 20 years old? It might be. I'm not completely sure. Um, I mean like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know the, X's and O's of it either, but I I do know that um, I, like really the biggest thing I'm just looking forward to like being able to keep tabs on him this year, just because this is obviously we know and we're aware we saw the box score and the numbers of everything that he put up in his draft year last season. So I'm kind of excited to see 
what he does in a full season this year after being drafted. And then, yeah, like you said, you know, like when we find out the the exact relationship of everything, you know, figure out where he goes next. Yeah, so I just double-checked right now while you were you're finishing up there. And if a player, if a CHL player is returned or sent down by an NHL team and they're between the ages of 18 and 19, they go back to the CHL club. So a CHL player cannot play in the AHL or ECHL until they're 20 or older. Yeah, that that's makes the sense. agreement. So that, that's why the next two years are slides for Nate yeah, Danielson, likely. Um, but he's a pretty, he's an early birthday. So early on next year, because his birthday is September 27, 2004, he will be 19 by the time the season starts. So that probably means that next year he could play in the AHL if I'm doing this correctly. So one more year of CHL hockey for him. Yeah, right. I mean, and, and again, like we'll see kind of where he stands. I would imagine, you know, first round pick that the goal would be for him to go from there straight to the A. But, you know, we'll see. But the slide applies to him for, for sure. both those seasons, I believe. For sure. Um, anyway, Scotty, let's move into, do you want to do Daniel Sprong or Christian Fisher? I think Christian Fisher is going to be a pretty quick conversation. So we could save that to the end, like just dedicate as much time to Daniel Sprong. Yeah, as I think we do. I think we do Sprong first. Yeah. Sprong first. All right. Uh, so the Red Wings this offseason – Signed Netherlands native. I don't know. Have the Red Wings ever had a player from the Netherlands? That'll be a, a nice little trivia question that one of our commenters can answer. Twenty-six-year-old sure. uh, Daniel Sprong. He can play right or left wing. He is a right-handed shot, six foot, hundred eighty pounds. Signed to a one-year, two hundred two million dollar, not two hundred million dollar, two million dollar deal. Big and uh, guy. no, no trade clause. This is a really. I really like this signing. You know what's funny is I keep comparing the offseason signings from this year to last year in my head and like finding like which which signing this is the equivalent to. And in my head, this is the this signing is the equivalent to like the Dominic Kuba leak signing from last offseason. Taking a flyer on a young guy. Now the situation is a little bit different. Daniel Sprong had a breakout year with Seattle. And right. you're giving him and he only played like fourth line minutes with Seattle all year long, despite scoring 20 goals. Um, you're taking a flyer on a guy you think can have a huge upside. So it's like low risk, high reward. It's one year. You can flip out the trade deadline if he's doing great, but the team's doing poor, or you can extend him if he's doing great and the team's doing great. It's like either way, you can do something really nice. He's so young. He can kind of be malleable. Dominic Kubelik last year was a guy who was low risk, high reward. You signed him to two year deal. Uh, he was having a bit of a down year after having an explosive rookie season with the Chicago Blackhawks and, you know, you're, you were looking at a situation where if he pans out, you can keep him. And if he doesn't, you can trade him. And Red Wings ended up trading him after he did have a pretty decent season. So like in my head, I kind of equate these two as just like low risk, high, potentially high reward acquisitions. And I, this is a really fun one. I, I really like this one and I don't see much of a downside to it. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it's a, it's a low risk signing. For sure. I mean, the yeah, this was absolutely like you alluded to a, a breakout season for him. Uh, first time in his entire career that he had over 10 assists in a season and he ended with 25. Like this was a the, the definition of a breakout season also had never reached 15 goals going into the year and ended with 21. So he puts up a 2020 season ends with 46 points. Uh, comfortably the best year of his career at only 25 years old on obviously an up and coming Seattle team. Um, so yeah, that's the other thing is like, this dude's pretty young. I mean, if he, you know, similar to, uh, I, I know it's, you know, different positional group, but like I compared a little bit, uh, I don't even know if I should really say compare it to, but the future, his future with the wings, I guess I'll say 
could have a similar tone to like Oli Mata, where like, hey, if you know, it's a it's a shorter term deal now, and by the end of it, if he ends up doing well and he hasn't completely just raised his value to a number that is uh, is too steep for a depth forward, then like there's no issue in in extending him and bringing him back. I mean, this is a again forty six points in sixty six games while averaging under 11 and a half minutes of ice time a night. Like that is, that's really, really solid production for a guy who's going to be a bottom six forward on your team. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm not expecting him necessarily to to go out and repeat that immediately, but still a, a really solid production from a depth forward in, uh, again, 66 games and like 1125 average ice time, like a, a bottom six kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really the insane part of it is the efficiency in which he scored. I mean, yeah. I don't understand. Seattle had a really good year last year, and I can understand not wanting to, you know, fix what's not broken type situation. But there were 20, 26 players who suited up for Seattle Kraken uh, last year, you know, and that includes all the guys who played like six or seven games. But 26 total players suited up for the Seattle Kraken. He ranked 20th out of 26 in total ice time per game. Like you said, 11.25, you touched on that. In that amount of ice time, in that little amount of ice time, 45 points, 21 goals, like that, just, again, I'm sorry, I'm echoing exactly what you said, but like, it just blows my mind, the level of efficiency that he had, that I can't believe that, like, Steve Eisman was the guy who picked him up, because you look at that and you go, wow, this guy can really produce and not, now you'll see with maybe the Detroit Red Wings if you can do it in a little bit of an elevated role because I'm sure he'll get middle six minutes with the Detroit Red Wings. But if yeah. not, like, you put him back on the fourth line, 45 points from the fourth line is, I mean, that's that's hella depth right there. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, we just talked about it yesterday, right? I think we're kind of assuming that he's going to be a third line. Like, I think he fits really well right exactly at the third line uh, to start off the season at full health. So, Um, but yeah, I mean the versatility of knowing like, Hey, if somebody, you know, goes down in the top six that you have the versatility of putting a 2020 guy up there and, and you're you know, your second line. That's not, that that's very, very good for depth. We talked about how, uh, how much depth was addressed this off season. And obviously, uh, this is one of the kind of key signings to addressing that depth. But the other thing is, you know, special teams, I guess, well, we can kind of go to break and we're running a little behind here and then. Um, but like this is a a guy who produced at again career highs on the special teams for Seattle this year. Yeah, absolutely. So we're gonna take a quick break, and when we return, we're gonna continue this conversation uh, on Daniel Sprong, and then moving to Christian Fisher. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about AG One. This next partner you're gonna to want to use literally every single day. AG One is the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. You got to drink AG One literally every day. Uh, because it is a foundational nutrition supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrients to support support whole body health. AG1 replaces your multivitamin, probiotic, and more in one simple drinkable habit. Science-driven fa- formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food sourced superfoods, AG1 is raising the standard for quality in the supplement category, and it helps you build your health foundation first. If a comprehensive solution is what you need to your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Again, that is drinkag1.com slash NHL network to check it out. 
Segment two, Locked on Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are talking about Daniel Sprong. Sorry about that pause there. I was writing down a note. <laughs> and let's pull up uh, Jay Fresh's card, too, just so you guys can see. This is how, again, like not everyone thinks Jay Fresh's cards are super accurate, but I tend to I tend to like them quite a bit for what they are. I think they help show a good picture uh, of what he can be. And you see here that 86th percentile projected war from this last year or these last three yeah, years fantastic. um a dip down in 21 22 but right back to efficiency in 22 23 you can see that this past year again he was like in the almost the 90 percentile um alone and that his defense took a step up this last year as well not that it's still any <laughs> like super high but around 50 percent this past year 39 percent weighted average across the last three years even strength offense 77 77 tile war Finishing 92 percentile goals per 60, 97 percentile assists per 60, 81 percentile. So like he, he provides a lot of offense defense leaves a little bit left to be desired, but he provides depth goal scoring, which is what this team needs. And I just, I love this. I love this contract as just, a, again, I keep saying it, but low risk, potentially high reward. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and, you know, before the break there, like he, uh, we, we were talking about special teams and obviously there, I mean, 29% on the power play isn't some miraculous thing. And, and he's not going to come in and be a, a first unit power play guy, obviously. But, um, if you need him as a, you know, winger on the second power play unit at some point this season, like, uh, I mean, a guy that six of his 21 goals, were on the power play this year and eight of his 25 assists were on the power play this year. So I know that that's just like strictly kind of number counting, but uh, like uh, not, you know, 14 points uh, on the power play throughout the course of the season isn't, uh, you know, isn't awful either. So just uh, really provides depth in a lot of areas. And I think that that's kind of the uh, maybe not biggest reason, but I, I think that that's one of the, the, it's, it's a really solid con contribution to this team. Like the fact that he's going to be able to be third line, like we said, presume, but he, he can move up to anywhere really in the middle six and you're not going to be too heartbroken about it, but you know, bottom six forward can move up and play second line. If you really need to can play special teams. If you really need to can play the power play. Like, yeah. And the biggest thing uh, that he brings is obviously depth scoring. What I really want to see here is, if I can see his deployment, because it says he can play left wing, left wing or right wing. We know he's a right-handed shot, which is vital towards this Red Wings team. Right-handed shots are just so important. But I really want to know if his deployment was more offside, like to bring it in Peron, or if he plays his his strong side, right side. But it doesn't look like that's going to be possible because that's going to go a long way in a lot of these lineup cards is, is to find out where he's going to go. I would imagine. Stevie would, I mean, after getting to Brinkin, already having Perron and then having Rasmussen yeah. and Fabry who play left wing as well, you know, you'd probably want him to play right wing. But I just wanted to make sure either way, that doesn't really matter. He's going to provide an offensive pop to your middle six, maybe bottom six, if that's where they decide to put him. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing if last year wasn't a anomaly for Daniel Sprong. Right. Well, and, and again, like that's the biggest thing is he's going to have a little bit of a bigger role we can presume on this team that yeah, like you, he had in Seattle. I mean, he was mostly playing a lot of fourth line um, with Seattle. I mean, bottom six, especially. So uh, you can assume that he'll maybe get a little bit more ice time than he did last season, but 
he got less ice time last season than he's got pretty much any point in his career, and it was a career best. So, like, kind of a wild card. I don't think anyone's really expected him to go out there and put up a 45 to 50 point season necessarily. But, uh, I mean, if he can just provide, you know, if he can put up a, a, a 15 and 15 or a 15 and 20 type of point production down there in the role that we brought him in for, I think that that's a huge win. Well, even like if he regresses to the mean, right? Like he's, he's had, um, NHL seasons where he's had like 15 goals. There's been a couple of times where he's had 13 or 14 goals. That's fourth line scoring. Worst case scenario, he regresses back to that. Okay. You put him back on the fourth line and he's providing fourth line caliber offense. Right. Yeah. But if he is what they think he is, and this one-year deal ends up being like a huge boon, then yeah, put him on the middle six. Let him score some more goals. Put him in a situation where he can succeed. I don't think there... I I just, again, I talk about it. I don't think there's really any downside to the Daniel Sprong uh, signing right now because worst-case scenario, it doesn't work out and either deal him at the deadline or he walks at the end of the season. It's just, it's a win-win-win situation. And, you know, we did the lineup predictions yesterday and we did struggle a little bit where to slot Sprong, but... Right now, I'm pretty confident he's going to play right wing on either your second or your third line, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's the slam dunk uh, right side third liner, and I think we put him there yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, we might have put him on left, actually, I don't remember. But regardless, I I think he's kind of the slam dunk third line winger, like at, as it stands right now. Again, middle of July, a lot can change, a lot will change. But I think right now, it's, it's really a no-brainer, and I think that that's a great spot for him again if he's putting up somewhere between 13 and 18 goals and and about the same amount of assists like i mean that's a that, that's a massive win for compared to what you have been getting out of your product your wingers you know in the bottom six for the last few years that's a massive step in the right direction and then yeah it's, like you said win-win for not only the franchise but for him too i mean if he builds off of what he did last season then he goes into a much better free agency with more cap space and can get himself a bag so good yeah i'm pretty sure we had him on the third line because Raymond's your second line right winger yeah and that I think that's I think that's appropriate yeah. for him give him a better opportunity to see if he can keep doing that uh so yeah I mean let's take a quick break I guess I know it's a little early but we'll take another quick break and when we come back we'll move on to talking about Christian Fisher and just wrap up the conversation there uh and do you have any final thoughts before going to break on Daniel Sprong um no love it though I mean like all, all, sneaky like one of the one of my favorite signings of the, of, uh, of the summer oh I did have a final thought I completely forgot to bring it up um, but he led the team at five on five and expected goals, four percentage relative. Uh, he was so good with the Seattle Kraken this last year in 66 games played. He had a 5.69 expected goals, four percentage relative. So I, I just, yeah, that's incredible. Very it led the team in that from the fourth line with 45 points. And I think he was like, if you, his expected goals, four percentage overall, was just killer. I think it was 50. Yeah. Again, led the team 56.67. So more shots for the team he was playing for than shots against. And that is something that this team desperately needs. So, okay. Now we'll get to a break. I just wanted to mention that before we uh, moved on. Got to talk to you guys today about bird dogs. I told you about them yesterday. I'm going to say it again. Scott, are you happen to wearing? You happen to be wearing? I am not wearing them. Uh, I'm not wearing them currently. I was yesterday. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. He's not wearing them two days in a row. Know, it's embarrassing. Can't believe you wash your clothes every single day. I can't believe you wash your clothes. Just <laughs> embarrassing, man. Uh, but, but bird dogs are killer, guys. I absolutely love them. Scotty absolutely loves them. Can't endorse them enough. Uh, right. They are just super comfortable. They're super lightweight. They're 
super breezy. Uh, you can wear them in any situation. I say that time and time again. They're basically one size fits all. Uh, and you can get them at different length inseams as well. I wear, I wore them. <laughs> I I had to do a double take uh, the day I proposed. I had to make, I had to decide whether or not I wanted to wear them because they were so comfortable. That would have been looked, an endorsement. They look so nice that I was like, I wonder if I can get away with them. But I decided to, you know, actually dress up like full tilt, you know. That's but probably not a bad call. <laughs> that's how comfortable they are that I thought about wearing them to my proposal. <laughs> I did wear them in the lake because they can double as a bathing suit. I wear them to the gym because they can double as gym wear, or you can wear them at home or on dates. I've done, I have done the date with them before because they do look really nice and they're really comfortable. So they're they just are. what the definition of versatility is what bird dogs are and they're comfortable as well. So go to birddogs.com slash lockdown NHL to enter promo code lockdown NHL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order, that's birddogs.com slash lockdown NHL or promo code lockdown NHL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Segment three, a lockdown Red Wings podcast. You won't uh, want to take your bird dogs off. <laughs> we Scotty. are not promising that you will never take them off. <laughs> that's a scary promise right there. We, we promise you won't want to. There's a very key word. That was... What did I say? You said, we promise you won't take your bird dogs off. You forgot the <laughs> word want, which is a very important word in that sentiment. You cannot promise people that they won't take clothes off. But that's how strong the endorsement is. Like, really? not even that they, they, they won't true. want to. They physically can't. They're right. just glued. There you go. <laughs> Ridiculous. All right, Scotty, let's talk about Christian Fisher. Now, this is the guy... It has me scratching my head the most. Um, a depth signing through and through. Screams 13th four to me. Uh, he, he played 80 games with the Arizona Coyotes this past year, and he had 27 points, 13 goals, 14 assists. Not bad production for, you know, a bottom six guy. But on the Red Wings, which it's hard. I can't believe I'm saying this, which is a better team than the Coyotes. Not a lot of teams you can say that about. I just felt as if it wasn't necessarily necessary for them to sign this guy and it feels screams to me that the only reason they signed him is kind of re to replace P Pew Suter's role in the penalty kill because that's what he is. He is a penalty kill specialist. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll be honest. I, I, I love the signing. I, I think that it adds any time you can add depth. Like, do you remember last summer? In like August, we had conversations about how much better the depth was from two years ago's team, right? And we were like, mm -hmm. wow, like, look at this. We went out, we brought in all these people. Like, this is a really solid offseason. The depth is so good. And then like three injuries happened. And by December, we were like, wow, this team is so thin. And you know what I mean? Like, so, it's so shallow across the board. And all the depth we were talking about and bragging about early in the year and in the, at the end of the summer is now completely gone. And it's not true. This is a signing to somewhat, you know, prevent that from happening again. And obviously, you know, Christian Fisher is not going to replace like Larkin or something and like, match production or whatnot. But as a 13th forward, I, I think you could do a whole heck of a lot worse. This is a dude that uh, pushed a 15-15 season last year with the Arizona Coyotes, had 13 goals and 14 assists. Um, and as you said, as a penalty kill specialist, is a pretty solid defensive forward. Like I, 
I, I I'm not sure he's going to play 80 games again, but <laughs> I, I I think that this is a a perfect 13th for like I, I truly think he's like the prototype for a 13th forward. I think he's like exactly what you want. If he plays full time, he'll get you around 15 goals. He's going to be solid enough defensively. He can play special teams if you need to. Like I that he, he's pretty much the perfect 13th 13th forward in my eyes, and I think that that's what they brought him in to do. And and you know, I, I if the team stays fully healthy or close to fully healthy throughout the course of the season, then like best case scenario is probably that he doesn't play like too too terribly often. But injuries inevitably will happen and so yeah i i don't know i i i actually really like this move for depth purposes and and depth is beyond vital and something that the last two years has run thin very very quickly for the red wings yeah i mean you can see it here jay fresh's three-year weighted average data his projected war is 30 percent uh you do see here on the graph to the far right that his Projected war did take a pretty large step in the right direction in 2022-23. And maybe that's another reason why Steve Eisman gave him the one-year, $1.3 million deal. Again, 26 years old. He can play right side or left side. So there's versatility in there. And Steve Eisman loves to sign his young guys. Uh, so, I mean, it's just another taking a flyer on a guy, hoping that you know his production can take a step in the right direction while providing much-needed you know defense, penalty kill. So... We'll see. I don't really, this is the things I don't know a lot about Christian Fisher. So I don't have a lot to say about Christian Fisher. I just basically what I can say is what I'm parroting from what I've read online is that he's going to play penalty kill and, you know, he'll probably play fourth line minutes. He might not play at all. <laughs> so we'll see at the very least he is, you know what you're getting. He's going to, if he plays 80 games, the Red Wings, you know, what you're getting every single night. Cause he's consistent in that. Right. Right. So. I think that's why you got him because the wings still have forwards on the bottom six that you can't say that about. There are still several forwards on the bottom six on this team that you, you absolutely can't say, you know what you're going to get out of on a night to night basis. There's a lot of young players that are still trying to take steps forward or uh, that are, you know, I've kind of been iffy like development wise. I mean, I know Valeno's a center and not a winger, but like, the sentiment remains like if, if Elena were to get healthy at some point, like then, you know, they'd find someone else to play winger and or center rather. And that opened up a spot for, for Fisher. You know what I mean? Like th this is the, the, that's exactly why they brought him in because they, they know the type of player he is that everybody knows exactly what they're going to get out of him on a night to night basis. And a injuries happen. It's hockey. He's going to play and B there's still a lot of uh, younger forwards that you can't say that about, that you know what you're going to get out of them on a night-to-night -night basis in July, especially. It does make me a little nervous to look at his expected goals for percentage relative and see he's a negative 8.18, which is near the bottom of the team, uh, bottom 10 of the team. They've, they, they had 34 different players suit up in the Coyotes uniform last year, and he ranks 23rd uh, amongst them. But a lot of those guys, obviously a lot of those guys on that list have played like less than 10 games. So you really would narrow that list down to like, the actual 23 and he's very near the bottom of that list. And that just, I mean, to have a negative 8.18 relative on a bad coyotes team, because relative is his individual impact. People got to remember that to have that negative of, in, in, of an individual impact on an already bottom of the bottom of the league team does give me pause, but 
I'm not going to write him off yet because, you know, we'll see what he can do with the Detroit Red Wings and the opportunities he's given. I'm really curious um, how much, obviously, at him being a penalty kill specialist, I'm really curious how many minutes overall he got compared to his teammates on the penalty kill. So I'm looking that up really quick here. Uh, yeah, he played the fourth most amount, fourth most amount of penalty kill minutes on the team, only behind Patrick Nemeth, former Red Wing, J.J. Moser, Josh Brown. And all three of those guys are defensemen. So he played the most penalty kill minutes of any forward on the Arizona Coyotes. So that is nice to see. Yeah, I mean, last season he was a third or fourth liner, depending on the night, and yet almost played 15 minutes a night because he was like, logging so many penalty kill minutes for the Coyotes. So, like, yeah, definitely his thing for sure. I mean, I mean, there you have it, right, guys? So, like, Daniel Sprong, we expect to be middle six. Christian Fisher, fourth line, maybe 13th man, depends on the situation. Uh, Nate Danielson signs his ELC. There's the episode. Boom. <laughs> uh, you have any final thoughts, man? Um, We ball. We do ball. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow. Probably cover those goalies. We haven't talked about Reimer or Lyon yet. Yeah. Uh, and then we go into off-season mode. Sweet. I was waiting for any kind of response. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're going to off-season mode starting next week, which generally means three episodes a week. But because we skipped recording on the 4th of July, we, next week we'll have four episodes. But after next week, down to three until whenever the season starts back up, late August, early September, one of the two. Sounds great to me. Cool. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back with a new episode tomorrow, guys. Uh, we ball, Scotty? We ball. We ball. We're back with a new episode tomorrow. I just said that. Same time, same place. I know your team, tomorrow, guys. Every day. Every day. <laughs> <laughs>